Welcome to the Aggressive Life. This summer, we've been going live, replaying some of my most aggressive talks recorded on location. And my hope is that these talks will challenge you to keep pushing this summer. Now is not the time to get lazy. You can relax, but, you know, get lazy, not be concerned about yourself at all. That's a different matter. We need to keep going after your aggressive life, even if you're in a little bit of a different gear. And we've saved maybe the best for last to finish up a classic talk from Man Camp. We like to say what happens at Man Camp stays at Man Camp, except for this talk. This is a primitive weekend camping event designed for men. We've had 17,000 guys pass through Man Camp, and it's just getting started. After a break in 2020, Man Camp is back this October. So you can find more at Man Camp. US and get your tickets now. You can also connect with them on Instagram at mancamp.us. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's get to man camp. A lot of us feel really emotionally um, on fire right now, like warm. Uh, some of us, it might not be emotions. It, it might be something else. It might be it might be the Holy Spirit is what it might be. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit in courage. <clears throat> one, of the, one of my more favorite stories of manhood in history happened back in the Middle Ages when there was a lot of strife happening in the church. You had this dividing line between Protestants and Catholics you still have a bit of dividing line about that today, but it was violent, very violent back in Europe in, the, in this time period. And two guys who were trying to get the Bible in as many people's hands as possible and trying to just have the simple idea that Jesus, faith in Jesus was the key thing. People in power were coming against them and their ideas and they were getting very, very offended. Their name was Hugh, Master Ridley and Hugh Latimer. And as they were walking out to be executed, to be burned to death at the stake, Hugh Latimer, and this is historical, is heard to say to Master Ridley, Master Ridley, play the man. For today we will light a fire that will set England ablaze. Play the the man. I love that. It's a high calling. I've said it's a high calling to be a man. And unfortunately, in our culture, we've made being a man being immature. We've made being a man juvenile. We've made being a man a junior high humor only. We've made being a man being some sort of ogre. At least that's what we're portrayed as in the wider culture. It is a high calling. Play the man. And that's part of why we feel this feeling right here. We've got a lot of us who are playing the man. I don't mean pretending to be a man, but you played the man this whole week. When your tent got pancaked and you didn't leave, you played the man. Those who did leave did not play the man. I'm serious. My gosh. Oh, no. Tents down. Give up. Go home. No, that's playing the boy. You're here. We were singing that song earlier on, Never Could Have Made It. Some of us are sitting here going, I can't believe I made two nights. 
I don't know what it is about this property. We have the worst weather in this property. I don't, honestly, the last three camps, it's rained. It wasn't supposed to rain. We had a windstorm out of nowhere. This property, it's 10 degrees colder than it is in Cincinnati or anywhere else. It just is. I don't, I don't understand it. You know, and a lot of us in here, we don't have the best gear. We don't have all the right stuff. And guess what? When we sang that song, you made it. I, I, you, I think that's why that song was so emotional for a lot of us. But my gosh, I've been, how, for how many of us, just raise your hand. Has this been the toughest thing you've done all year? Just raise your hand. This has been the toughest thing you've done all year. You made it. You made it. You made it. And what you did, what we all did is we played the man. We were sitting around the campfire sharing things that we hadn't shared before. That's playing the man. By the way, there's a lot of folks in here who've thought about doing harm to yourself. Don't play the boy and go isolated. Play the man and tell somebody about it. We would be crushed. We would be crushed if a brother didn't tell us some of his thoughts. I know that a lot of us have struggled with that. We understand life can get us down, but man, boys keep it stuffed inside and will not be vulnerable enough to talk about Play the man and tell somebody. I've just been thinking this. You've played the man. Going down and hitting this, this wood and pouring all this stuff out. I'm, it's crazy to see all the things that we did by work. We played the man. Jumping, singing at the top of our lungs. That's playing the man. Every warrior in all of world history that's gone out to fight, except maybe in America in the last couple decades, we have a different view of manhood, have had tribal war songs around the fire and have sung as they were marching. They're playing the man. Now, it's a high calling and an amazing thing to play the man, but there's another level. There's another level I want to spend the rest of our time talking about. It's the level where you not only play the man, you are a man. It's also a level where you get an extra turbo boost from God himself, where there is a higher power that comes and invades your body and enables you to do things that other people just like you can't do. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the Godhead. God comes together in complementary parts. That's a beautiful thing when a man and woman comes together with complementary parts, you can create life. God comes together in complementary parts and creates us and gives us life. And the Holy Spirit isn't talked about all that much in large part because the Holy Spirit in some ways doesn't want to be talked about. Because it says in the Bible that the Holy Spirit wants to give witness to Jesus. Wants to give witness to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is much more comfortable when Jesus is talked about because Jesus is the center point of our salvation. He's the center point of our identity, of understanding who God is. And so most preaching should focus on Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit wants. And yet the Holy Spirit needs to be talked about because it is He, not it, He. He, and the Bible refers to him as a he. Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not an entity. He's not a mist. He's not an aura. He's a person. He's a person. And if I said to you right now, who would you rather have go back with you back home? Would you rather have Jesus himself go back home with you? Or would you rather have the Holy Spirit go with you? Most of them say, oh man, if I could have Jesus, the one-man pet band, that's what I'd take. 
if I could just have Jesus with me, that'd be amazing. You know, we, th we think sometimes that if only I could see Jesus, then I wouldn't have doubts. If only Jesus could be with me, I'd be strong. I would, I would be faithful. I would do the hard things in the Bible. I would do it. Problem with that is if you take a look at his 12 closest friends who were with him for three days every day, they were all freaking losers. You got one of them who sells them out. You got, you got, you got another one that's known as Doubting Thomas. He just doubts immediately. We got others who are, who, are, who are denying him. You got all of them that have abandoned. They're holed they're hold up in a room after Jesus dies going, oh no, what are we going to do? Our life has come to an end. We, well, I don't know. You got another one. It's like, I'm going back to business as usual. All these guys, all of them, had major weaknesses and major weenie boy moments until the Holy Spirit came into their lives. In fact, Jesus said this to them. He says this in John 15, 26. He says, when the helper comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit doesn't bear witness about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness about Jesus. And Jesus says, when he comes, when he comes, it's going to be a game changer. And then it says this in John 16, 7. He says, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus says, you don't want me, the one man pep band with you. If you had your druthers of me or the Holy Spirit, you want the Holy Spirit. It's your, guys, trust me, it's your benefit. I go away. Once Jesus goes away, physically, Jesus comes to us spiritually and dwells in us, the Holy Spirit who he's one with, and he comes and he takes place inside of ourselves, and we become superhuman. We do. You become outside of your normal. Whatever gifts, abilities that you have, they get amped up. Now, there is a deposit of the Holy Spirit that everybody gets when you receive Christ. When you receive Christ, you receive all of God because God is one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Everyone receives the Holy Spirit when they come to faith. And there's also an ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit that increases our capacity. If you take a look at the book of Acts where the early church is doing superhuman things, they're healing people, there's no signs of any of Jesus' followers healing people before the Holy Spirit comes. At least we're not saying, maybe it happens, but it's not really spelled out, but it really happens when the Holy Spirit infills them and all of a sudden they get powers like Jesus. That's when the church starts taking off because Jesus was just in this one little area and actually when he died, he didn't have all that many followers. But when he goes and the followers he has gets filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the, the world just gets turned on its ear. It just explodes. And then what it says in the book of Acts, whenever we see one of these guys doing something that's really, really powered, it has a phrase like this. In the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 6, the, the ver 6, verse 5, is the very first person to die for their faith, to be martyred. His name is Stephen. And here's what it says. They chose Stephen a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Full of faith and the Holy Spirit. 
A lot of us came in here this weekend with the Holy Spirit. And you're feeling a little higher and better right now because you've gotten more of the Holy Spirit. And the reason you get more of the Holy Spirit is our hearts or our spirits or our insides, however it works out, the Bible calls us a temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to build a physical temple to go worship God where God is because the Holy Spirit fills us. We are a living, breathing carrier of God where we go. And what happens is the longer that you man up and follow the man of the Holy Spirit, he's always referred to as a he in the Bible, the more your capacity expands, the more it, it, it expands because the Holy Spirit is giving you power. And sometimes it's we submit and we obey and the Holy Spirit is pleased and the Holy Spirit gets more powerful in us. It's just one of the reasons why forgiveness is a huge, huge deal. The Holy Spirit is likened to a dove in the Bible, not a pigeon. Pigeons, you have to kick them to get away, right? Doves are very, very flighty creatures. And when you have something in your life that's against the identity of God, the Holy Spirit just kind of wigs out a little bit and you lose some of your power. Not that you lose your salvation, but the fullness of his presence isn't as powerful inside of you. There is an ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit where we just ask Jesus, just keep, just keep filling me, just keep bringing me in. And what seems so daunting and crazy in the early stages of being filled and operating with the Holy Spirit, you just get sort of normalized to it and you move on. We have uh, here 400 and... 50, 75, 35, I don't know, 400 something, I always forget how much it is. Maybe the Holy Spirit will help me with my memory someday. Something like that. Some, my, my family and friends call me, uh, my family calls me the goldfish because I forget things. I have really bad memory. You know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a daunting thing to say, let's buy 400 and some acres in the middle of nothing that we're never going to make a dime off of. We're going to charge some money to help to offset our costs, but we're just going to, huh, I wonder if God would be pleased if we just bought a bunch of land and just pooped all over it. And, um, and, and, and maybe, maybe guys will come from all over the place and, and come here. Maybe, maybe have some building to guys. I mean, that, was a, that was a huge, huge act of faith. Now everyone's like, oh, really? Yeah, of course. Of course, it's a great idea. Well, it wasn't necessarily a great idea a few years ago. That took massive faith. It takes a kind of courage that only happens if you're expanding your power through an ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit. When you're younger in your marriage, the reason you're my, your marriage is so difficult, oftentimes, my early marriage was, is because there's, there's elements of selfishness that are not rooted out from you, and everything that your spouse says, you get offended, and you want to go to war on it. And so you just fight stupid fights that shouldn't be fought. Then as you mature, as the Holy Spirit gets more inside of you, it's easier to be insulted and not be insulted. So your wife says something like, oh, and you just don't pick every fight because you're more powerful because the Holy Spirit's allowing you to not get as offended because you know that Jesus was so offended. When you go into prayer, you want to pray because you actually see more and more times God saying yes and you're willing by faith, courage, courage to put your hand on somebody and actually pray that God would do something for them. And the Holy Spirit, as he grows inside of you, he sends more of your power, his power, and you're more willing 
to do that. It's the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit. It's not a, it's not a weird thing where you have to say a perfect prayer or you know, you've gone over the, over the mash tent and they said, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? And you say, yes, that's great. I always want to receive more and more of the Holy Spirit. Great. But it's not like you have someone pray that prayer and like, good, good, I'm good now. Great, great. No, I want to keep receiving of the Holy Spirit. It means to abide in Christ. And out of that, I get more power. I'll tell you what, the things that God's done in my life, people go, oh, you, 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 you must struggle with pride. Nope. I mean, people who know me really well, I do not have a pride issue. I'm pretty prideful about that, actually. I do not have a prideful issue. Because what happens is, as you see God work in your life, you realize, I know this is not me. <laughs> and this is, I, there is no way this is, this is me. No way. It's a, it's a Holy Spirit thing. And I would like that for everybody who's in here. I want you to recognize that what you've been receiving, what you've been praying for, is empowerment of being a superman, actually filled with the Holy Spirit. When you leave here, you're not leaving man camp behind. You're not leaving Christ behind. You're not taking Jesus with you unless you're understanding you're taking the Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you need to feel confident going home. When you go home and you see your wife or you see your girlfriend and you're going to break up with your girlfriend maybe, or maybe you're going to ask your girlfriend to marry you, one of those two things, either one could be right, you need to go, you need to go, because seriously, some of us guys, we've been la-la-ling out in weenie boy land, and it's time to be courageous and make a call. Make a courageous call. Break up with her and move on, or get married. Make that call. Especially if, like, you've been going for a year. Come on, dude. You should be going home. You should be breaking up with that woman. Or you should be going home and you should ask her to marry you today. You know in a year from now. And you need to do that. You need to do that because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I got this, God. I can do this. I can actually break up with her and not text her. <laughs> That's not courage. It's not courage. If you've got a kid at home who's just totally wayward and he's rebellious or she's rebellious and you're just kind of being passive and just waiting for it to take care of itself and hoping the counselor does his thing. And, no, no, you, you're the counselor. You're the leader. You're the leader. And you're filled with the Holy Spirit to go in and have the right words. And they may be stinging words or the Holy Spirit may prompt you to have very tender words. But dad, that's you. You're equipped for this, not the counselor, and I'm pro-counseling. Keep sending her to counselor. But you are empowered with the Holy Spirit to do this. If you're just at the end of your rope financially, you're like, oh, gosh, I, I just can't, I can't. You know what the Holy Spirit could enable you to do and the power could do? You could live, you could live off oatmeal for a month and get your finances in line like that. You could choose, if Jesus went 40 days without food and water, you could go for 40 days on oatmeal and not going to movies, not going out to eat, and not doing shows, and your finances would turn around immediately. Bam! You say, what do I do? Well, boy, a boy could never do that because a boy always has to like be where all the cool kids are. I tell you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can do stuff like that. You can. There's a power to this. When there's a guy who's got a problem in his life, you have the Holy Spirit. And you go, I think this guy needs to hear this. You tell him. I remember Judd, first man camp we had, the very first one, this guy's sitting there and he's, 
this guy's going, oh, my wife is cheating on me, his wife, and he's just got, got, got crushed his wife. And Judd was prompted by the Holy Spirit. Judd looks over and says, you're cheating on your wife, have you? you how many times, he said, how many times have you cheated on your wife? You, you have, haven't you? God's like, uh. Conversation changed immediately. Immediately. That's a prompting of the Holy Spirit. When you start to get this thing, you're like, uh. I just want to call out on you guys. God, there's, no, there's nothing more powerful in the world than a man who's filled with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing more potent in the world than a man who's filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's too few of us. There's too few of us. All the other people who are not filled and are weenie boys and are boys, they give the rest of us a bad name. We got 1,600 people, or maybe not all of us in that place, at least 1,000 of us. We need to go out and make our mark on the world. You are put here for a reason. You are put here to kick a dent in the teeth of the problems in front of you. There are problems that you're the one who's supposed to solve. There are things that you're the one who's supposed to build. There's people's lives that you're the one who are supposed to save. There's people who are lonely who you're the one who is to, to bandage them up. You are God sent one and there's no plan B. You're plan A. God said, Jesus said, it's to your advantage. I send the Holy Spirit. And not only that, it's to God's will's advantage. God's will is to get a hold of this world through men like you and me, and women too, but this is man camp. Through men like you and I. And just grab it. Just grab it. Go for your dreams, men. Run after your problems out of here. All right, that's all. That's all I got. Okay. We're going to, uh, one last thing we're going to do. And, you know, I'm not going to, um, I thought, oh, I'll have some special prayer to be filled with the Spirit. But I know you guys have been, MASH team has been really doing really, really great at that. I don't think this is a, I don't think this is a prayer thing. I need to pray for you to um, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can get, ask God, fill me more, with more of your Spirit. I just sense that the main thing you got to do is the Holy Spirit wants to go where he's welcomed. And where he's welcomed is based on what you do. Not based on what you say, not based on what you believe, what you do. When you go places the Holy Spirit wants to go, the Holy Spirit goes, mmm, I want more of that guy. When you stay away from things that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to do, he's like, okay, I love hanging with you. I'm going to keep my fullness here. And I think the, the last application for man camp, last, last one, when we were home, is just going to be, there's probably something that you need to do, you need to say, you need to stop, you need to start. I don't know what it is, but it's something that will tell the Holy Spirit, yeah, this is a guy, this is a guy I need to be pouring into more. And that's a big deal. You do have one last thing for those of us who are wanting that. We're going to have baptisms at the end of this. I'll pray for us, and then you're free to get your tents and everything and head out. For others of us, um, you want to be wedded to God, and we do baptisms at man camp in this nice, scuzzy lake down here. It's wonderful. One of the things that comes up oftentimes in the book of Acts is there seems to be a filling of the Holy Spirit that oftentimes accompanies baptism. I'm not talking about an infant baptism. I was baptized as an infant. I baptized my kids as infants. Some people have a problem with that. I don't. It was good. I like doing it. But that's not the same as you saying, God, I want to wed you as myself. I'm going to make a decision. 
and I've made a decision and I'm going to go public with it. And I want to go into the water. When I go in the water, it's like I'm drowning all of my sin. I'm drowning all of my dirt. And when I pop up out of the water, I pop up out of the water. I have a freshness. Just like Jesus came out of the grave, I have a freshness. And we're going to be down there. And if you want to be baptized, you can. And a lot of you need to be baptized. Now, you might have really good reasons for it. I've got to get back to hit my plane. I've got to get back to hit this. I've got to hit, I, got to, I, I, want my, I need my, I need, I want my wife there. I'm like, okay, that's all right. It's not like if you don't get baptized, you, you know, God's hyper um, mad with you. I do know this. I do know there's some people that always have a good reason why not to honor the obvious teachings of the Bible. Everyone who comes to know Christ in the Bible they get baptized. Don't go, oh yeah, I had this thing way back when my parents said, no. It's a, it, 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 for some of us, it's a mark that, come on, stop dicking around. Stop trying to explain away difficult things. Stop trying to explain away moments of humility. Stop trying to think this doesn't apply to you. This applies to you. And every time you don't do something like this, when you know God's put on your heart, you know it's what he wants, it's like you lose some of your power. One of the things we need to do as men is make aggressive moves. If you took a look manhood and boyhood, if you took a look at the five marks, the one thing that runs through the whole thing is passivity versus aggression. Men are aggressive. They run after things. Boys are passive. They just let things happen to them. And whenever I meet a guy who is a follower of Jesus but just doesn't feel like he needs to be baptized, it's like, boy, come on. You know, name me, name me a great man in all of spiritual history that hasn't been baptized. And that would be a, no one, none. And many of us were like, oh, that's just, I, you may not have been prepared for it, but man, it's a be aggressive move for you to get wet in that water and, and mark a new part of your journey if that's where you are. And if you just came to know Christ this weekend, this would be a great one for you too. Today is the day. So I'm going to close some prayer. Those of us who want, or we're going to get baptized, we want to view baptism, we'll go down here and everybody else. Great job, guys. Give yourselves a hand. You did a phenomenal job. And you know your dad loves you. He does. Your dad loves you. He, he does. I just want some high challenge on you because it was appropriate. But make no mistake, your dad loves you, man. He, he, he's tickled pink that you came here. <laughs> he is, he's just, he loves you. He's for you. And he is not going to abandon you. Mm. Lord, thank you for this, this, this camp and for the ability we had to stretch ourselves to go beyond for the ability to have other people speak into us for the ability to see things in ourselves and you that we hadn't seen before i thank you god for giving me just the privilege to, to look in men's eyes and to look at life change god i never want to stop changing help me change help me continue to grow out of my boyish ways holy spirit do your thing here Holy Spirit, swoosh across this room. Strengthen those temples in which you currently reside. Inhabit new temples. Give us clarity as we go about what we're going to, get, what we're going to do. And give us the comfort to know that you are our helper. You are the helper. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. 
for all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram, at Brian Tome. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.